Amen. Thank you, Steve. That was that was powerful to think about the Holy Spirit being in our holy room, helping to guide us. Um, right now, we'll we'll send our children to children's ministry. Jennifer goes, hmm, that's me. <laughs> and let's just take one minute to uh, stand up and greet somebody that you didn't greet when you walked in the door. It can't be the person who came out. <laughs> How's life? Okay, that was our minute. I would drink I did. Yeah. Come on back. Come on back. <laughs> a minute is a lot shorter than you think. The whole thing was your idea. It was, yeah. Amen. Well, so it, it's, it is great to be together this morning. You know, I was really encouraged without even coordinating with Steve at all. He talked about us receiving the Holy Spirit. And uh, today I want to continue our Faith Inspired by series by talking a a bit about Faith Inspired by the Spirit. Um, But before I do that, I just want, I've been encouraged this weekend to have Dave and Mary Carvel visiting us. Um, They've actually become good friends with a good portion of the Burlington Church over time. Uh, They hit it off real well with Kyle and Emmy. Um, and so, but I won't hold it. I think Kyle and Emmy move in spite of David and Mary, not because of. So, so that'll be okay. We've known them for 25 plus years. They uh, they lead the children's ministry in our in our previous region, so uh, they they certainly can be a resource that way. And, and uh, Dave has taught me a lot about his experiences in chemical recovery and other things. And so, uh, I would really just encourage you to use them as a resource, uh, as we do. And She's a great artist. He's a great landscaper, and, and he, he <laughs> likes to ski occasionally. But um, he, he does, and I keep saying that. You know, there's a reason why we keep they keep coming back up here. Right? And we need to get them tuned into a real estate thing. You know, it's been fun to have a series of sermons on on faith. You know, thinking about you know Richard was here and he talked about faith inspired by God's reputation. And then Tom was here, and Tom talked about, a little differently, about seeing God at work. You know, it's, it's interesting because I think, they, you know, Richard talked a bit about uh, just the miracles. Remember, they, they prayed about, can we serve our community? And this was blocked, and the community said, we don't want you to serve us. And then somehow, you know, the uh, spirit moved, and they were able to uh, connect with a group that 
ask them to preach the word, ask them to serve. And the person, the connection there even said, I want to study the Bible and learn more about Jesus. So to me, that's that's pretty miraculous. That's pretty exciting. And then, you know, Tom talked a bit more about uh, sort of a little more messy sort of thing with Nehemiah. That was sort of each, you know, the one that struck me was the perfume maker got to build up their part of the wall. And, you know, if I was hiring a contractor, perfume, perfume maker would not be on the list of things that I was looking for. And it just reminded me that God uses people even like me uh, to do things and to, uh, to build the wall to encourage other people. You know, and I, I really think about what, what has God done in, in my own life through the Spirit? You know, I, I think about, I, I was probably, I, of all the people I've met, one of the least open people um, possible. You know, I, I, uh, I only went to church when I had a hangover because I thought it would take a bit of the guilt away. And as I probably shared with some, you know, I found a church that I liked because all my friends would go and, and participate in the sherry hour you know, afterwards, and then they would uh, smoke dope in the garden afterwards. Like, this is my kind of church, you know. And I found my place, and, and even there, they would read the Gospels, and I would go, oh, that's powerful, but you know, nobody does it. So I felt like I, I got off the hook, you know. I didn't. Nobody can do this stuff. And then, you know, Jeanette found a group of people that challenged her to actually go by the Bible. I went, oh, that's crazy. And then as I saw it, I said, wow, there's something really different here. There's something different when you actually have the Holy Spirit working among you. It's, it's different. It was really different. And you know, even as I, I got in, as I was a Christian and had children, and, you know, believe it or not, uh, I was self-righteous. I'm like, I remember one time, first of the year, I sat down with a, with a good friend, brother, you know, and I said, uh, what do you think I can do to be more spiritual this year? And he said, well, he said, you know, I think you really need to invest in your relationship with your wife, with Jeanette. And I said, no, I mean, something that I can do. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, he, he doubled down on that and uh, helped me to repent more through the power of the Spirit. You know, and it's interesting because we see the Spirit in the Scriptures. You know, I think what, what uh, Steve just shared about in, in Acts, you know, where it says they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> you know, we've read Matthew 28 where it talks about making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I'll be with you to the end of the age. <clears throat> you know, we even see in Acts 18, uh, there's a, a really powerful preacher of Jesus, Apollos, and he, he knows Jesus really well. He just doesn't know anything about the Spirit. And so Priscilla and Aquila said, now we know exactly what they talked about, but the you know, Luke says that they just instructed him a little more adequately about that. And we know he goes on to be a very great influence in the kingdom following now. I guess in the four, too. <clears throat> or even in Acts 19, where there's just people who didn't know about the Spirit, and you know, when they learned, it really transformed who they were. So we know that the Spirit's important, but you think about it, how do people interpret, how do they understand the Spirit? You ever you know, seen that? How do I know what the Spirit's trying to tell me? Have you ever heard somebody say, well, the Spirit led me to Target this morning, you know, because you know, I was just was supposed to be at Starbucks, and the Spirit did that. Okay? Or even, you know, well, it just feels like it's the right thing to do. You know, it 
feels like the right thing. Anybody ever had a feeling? Yeah. You know, and sometimes, you know, the Old Testament is pretty strong about that. Proverbs 14, 12, one of my not, not favorite uh, scriptures. <laughs> one of my least favorite scriptures that says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Well, I can connect with that. I mean, going to church for sherry hour does not lead to spiritual things, you know. Deciding I'm going to lead my, my spiritual walk in my family by thinking about myself, that's just a feeling. That's not a spiritual direction. So it was easy for me to, to go off on the wrong track, even though I thought I was being righteous. You know, the heart, Jeremiah says, the heart's deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? Wait a minute. I'm really struggling here because to me it's like, well, then how can I trust my feelings? Is, maybe it's dangerous to do just what I'm thinking about, what I'm feeling about. You know, and sometimes folks will read to you John 14. Let me just read that for you. I'm sure you've heard it or read it. It says, um, All this I've spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Well, when you get to be Dave Carvel's age, you really need you need someone to remind you of a lot of things, you know, like where you're staying tonight, where you park your car. I'm I'm the same age nearly, so that can be me too. So, but you think about it, you know, is is Jesus really saying to us that everything you forgot, He'll make you remember? That He's going to teach you all things. You never have to open your Bible. You never have to talk to anybody. You know, Peter, I never had to talk to somebody about my marriage. I just somehow have a feeling that was going to make me know everything. Hmm. Uh, I don't really, I don't think so. But, you know, think about the context for a, month, for a minute there. He says, all this I have spoken while still with you. Well, who was that written to? The people he was still with. He was saying, you know, I'm going to make sure that you remember the things that I said, the things that I taught you, so that you can record them, so that Steve will have a book to put in his, his spiritual room, the Bible, right? So it'll be there. <clears throat> you know, there's another one a little later in John, John 16, that says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the Spirit is going to teach us through the apostles, and some directly. I'm not taking that away. But you think about it, it really aligns with what Peter wrote. Peter wrote in 2 Peter 1. Peter wrote, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the people that wrote down the scriptures, wrote down what Jesus said, were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit was working there. <clears throat> but then, so how does it work? How does it work then? How does the Holy Spirit lead me besides just uh, the Bible, just besides what's written down? You know, what did Jesus say? Remember John 8, 31? Let me remember that memory verse. What's it say? Hold on my teachings. You're really my disciples. And then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if you, if you do the thing, then you'll know the truth, and then the truth will set you free. That's not hard to understand. That applies in golf. 
If you go to a golf pro, he teaches you how to swing. If you actually do what he says, then your swing will be better. If you go to a speed class and he says, you know, you really need to keep your, you know, body over center right, you can pivot in your turns, that stuff really works. If you don't do it and you just try and ski because you watched, you know, the Olympics one time, it's really awful. It really fails. It doesn't work. It really does give us that insight. But then look over and turn your Bibles, if you will, to Romans 8, verse 12. I think we're on a little bit of a, a thread here. It says in verse 12 of Romans 8, I see some paper, a lot of paper Bibles out there, Steve, so it's not everybody's on their phone. <clears throat> um, I use my phone because I can't remember how, where the books are. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, verse 12, but it's not to the simple nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the simple nature, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you'll live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received a spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. So the Spirit is leading us, helping us, to put to death the misdeeds of the body. It's taking us out of the death flow, out of the death room, if you will, and into life, into the life room. You know, we're, the Spirit of God is leading us to be sons of God so that we don't have to fear anymore, but we have a spirit of sonship. So you think about that as you do what Jesus said, as you put into practice the things that he taught, as you read your Bible... As you pray, there. <laughs> as you uh, as you do the things that Jesus has called you to do, that your spirit begins to change. You know, my spirit when I was going to Sherry Hour was very different than my spirit is today. You know, so the things that I've learned over the years, the things that I've read in the scriptures, the things that I've put into practice, the things that I've seen happen. You know, when you do something right whether it's golfing, skiing, or being a disciple of Jesus, when it's something that goes like the word, like like the teachings said it would go, you go, oh my goodness, that's incredible. Like when I love my neighbor, it actually works out well for me. You know, when I when I trust God, I say, I'm just going to pray and rely on you, and then I have peace. You go, wow, that stuff, that changes my perspective. And so then when it comes up again, when I think about it again, well, even when I talk to someone about it, it really changes my perspective about how the Spirit of God can really impact someone's life. It really makes me a different person. Look over in Galatians 5. Galatians 5 and verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you not, do not do what you want. But if you're loved by the Spirit, you're not under the law. <clears throat> do not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Has anybody ever been tempted to gratify the desires of the sinful nature? <laughs> you know, I mean, if you think about it, sometimes really simple behaviors lead you into very dangerous ground. <clears throat> sometimes you say, hey, what's on TV right now? I can be a problem sometimes. You can be, a, oh, why don't we go on Amazon and buy something? Why don't we 
you know, why did I think about what so-and-so said to me 15 years ago? You go, we were talking about, sometimes you remember things. I was sharing an incident, I even forget what it was now, about something that happened to me. How much that? You got a ticket. I got a ticket. That's right. I got a ticket when I was 18 years old, and I still haven't forgiven the guy. Gave, the police officer gave me a ticket. <laughs> so I, I probably need, you know, I need to talk to Steve Knapp and get that out of my time up room. You know, <laughs> storing that up. You know, I think it's been there a long time. It's been there a long time. It really has. You know, back when the constables. <laughs> back when there was the Metropolitan District Commission, but that's, a, that's for another history lesson. Um, <clears throat> You know, so, and I got off my thought. <laughs> Sometimes gratifying our sinful nature can just be about letting things get in our mind that don't belong there. So I think that's when we confess our sins, and we, we repent. You know, James says when we do that, it brings about times of healing. So healing is when you transform, you become different. You know, when you realize, like Jesus said, that by, by doing it his way, then you get to know the truth. And also, I think once you know the truth, then you don't go back to the falsehood. You don't go back to where you were before. You don't listen to the voice. I was going to talk earlier about, you know, that the images we see sometimes of the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. And uh, does that really happen? Well, maybe. But the more you can listen to the voice of God, the more you can let the, the powerful voice in your life sort of overwhelm the, uh, the temptation voice, the voice that's trying to mess you up, the better it goes. Now, sometimes I don't necessarily know what's right. Does anybody ever have that? You're not sure? You know, I mean, big stuff, you know, I know I shouldn't murder somebody, you know, that's that's a pretty big one, but sometimes I don't <clears throat> don't know, or it's not obvious to me, and sometimes I really need help. You know, you know, we talk about when we're trying to improve something, sometimes the things you think you're doing the best are the things that really are the biggest areas to improve things you think you're an expert at, or the things you really have an opportunity to grow and to change. And I think that's really what God's trying to get us to do, you know, and it's not just, I mean, it's not just reading your Bible, it's not just talking to somebody, you know, it's prayer, plays a big thing in there, we've talked a lot about that, about praying, it's even, you know, seeking advice from a, a number of people, you know, there's no, you know, we don't, I don't believe there's one person who knows everything. I mean, Larry knows a lot. You know, he's a very wise guy. But um, I mean that at every sense. Right, right. <laughs> but you know, it, it's probably wise for me to ask other people. You know, whether it's you know, Devin or Rob or you know a, um, Carolyn or just to get many advisors because then it can helps me to sort of figure out spiritually what the truth is. Even weighing out biblical principles. Think about okay, well, what's the Bible say about this? What does it say in the Old Testament? This is in the New Testament. How have I seen people apply that? Because, you know, I think God wants to help us. You know, Ezekiel 36, 27 says, I'll put my spirit within you. I will take the initiative and you will obey my statutes and carefully observe my regulations. But God wants to help me. God's going to take the initiative with me to help me be obedient to him. He wants me to walk in the right path. You know, Psalm 143, 10 says, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. <clears throat> I'll come back to that. There, I'll give you a number of scriptures. That whole level path thing is a thread in the Bible. 
So when you see level path, that's what God wants you to have. God wants you to have a way that's easy for you to walk in, a way that's easy to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me a bit, Pat, about hiking in the Sierra Nevadas in California. The paths are nice. You know, there you could you could almost roll a wheelchair up a lot of the paths. They're steep. I mean, fourteen thousand feet. It wouldn't be an easy wheelchair push. <laughs> um, but compared to the long trail, when I came here to the long trail, there's not one path in that whole long trail. I mean, it's it's a scramble the whole way. And so I was like, wait a minute, where's the level path? Yeah. So so the level path in my mind, God takes us to the heights. Let's just do the hard things. But when we're with Him, it's just a matter of staying on the path. Not that the path's easy, but it is. Hopefully it's not a scramble, and there's no chasms that jump over eye. There's none of this scare Peter to death stuff. <laughs> out there. You know, I'm just saying that's just me, right? But um, you know, in Psalm 40 it says, verse eight, I do what pleases you, my God. Your law dominates my thoughts. Guide me into your truth and teach me, for you are the God who delivers me. On you I rely all day long. The second half set of Psalm 25.5. I rely on you all day long. Your law dominates my thoughts. Wow, that's challenging. Does anybody here feel like they've fully accomplished God dominating their thoughts all day long? It's hard. But imagine if you did that. Would your holy hunches, a good friend of Dave's and mine, uh, is an evangelist out in, out in somewhere in the middle of the plains anymore, Tracy Lahr. But Tracy would always say that God gives you a holy hunch. And I'm like, okay. But I think God does give you a holy hunch if you are letting him be on your thoughts all day long. So if you really fill your mind with, what would God do in this situation? What's God saying? And you do that by reading the scriptures. You do that by praying. You do that by going out and doing what you've learned and what you've prayed about. You do that by letting the Holy Spirit really guide you, lead you. So to me, the Holy Spirit is less about this mystical thing, you know, that, oh my goodness, I woke up and I knew I had to be in Starbucks at Target this morning. More so it is, wow, as Dave and I are talking this morning, there's a person I know that needs some help. Maybe I'll text them. Maybe I'll call them. Maybe I'll do something. So it has the same results sometimes. It has a different process to get there. I'm not relying on my feelings, except as they're directed or guided really by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is working there in ways that sometimes we don't fully understand. A great thing for you to look in is in Numbers 10. Right right around Numbers 10, the very beginning of Numbers 10, it talks a bit about what's going on with the Israelites. They're being led by a pillar of clouds in the daytime and by a pillar of fire at night. And so if it says, stop right now, they stop. Ten hours later, it says, go, they go. If it says 30 days, they stay. If it says, you know, whatever it says, they have a pillar of fire. Now, have you ever had a pillar of fire in your life? Now, to me, that way, if the pillar of fire said, go to Target this morning for Starbucks, it would, it would be easy to understand. There it is. You know, here we are. No problem. I'll get out my Starbucks card, and we're in. But think about that. You've got that. And here now, we see Moses, in verse 31, he talks to Hobab, who's his father-in-law, and he says, he asks him, can you be our eyes? Can you be our guide as we go into this new land? So why would Moses, why would God let Moses ask Hobab to be a guide if you've got a pillar of fire? Think about that for a second. 
maybe there's decisions that God has left up for you to make. God's entrusting to you to figure some of that out. He's making the big decisions. He's guiding the pillar of fire. But he's saying there's things that are going to rely on the people around you, on logic, on common sense, on maybe even understanding the rest of the scriptures and putting them into practice. And so as, as followers of Jesus, as people that are listening to the Spirit, we've got to get a balance. We've got to get a balance between what people tell us and ourselves. I mean, I think that's probably the one that I need to pull a bit out of the equation, listening to my own voice. <clears throat> but getting a spiritual voice in my life from people, but then combining it with the Holy Spirit, with prayer, with what I'm reading in scriptures, so they go together. So we've got a combined presence of the Holy Spirit that really is more... Um, you know, logical is not the right word, but it, it's making sense to us. If we, if we circle back into John 16. <clears throat> in John 16, verse 8, Jesus said, When the Spirit comes, he'll convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can no longer see me. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts the people that we share Jesus with of how they need to uh, how they need to follow. They convict us of righteousness and of sin. He really is our guide. Remember, we talked in the Old Testament a bit about the guide. He creates a, a path for us, a level path. So I'll just send you a couple of verses here if you jot them down. We already looked at Psalm 143.10, but Hebrews 12.13. Mark 1, 3, Isaiah 40, they all talk about God creating a level path. <clears throat> See, God wants for you to have a level path. He's sending the Holy Spirit to help your faith. You know what faith is? Being sure of what you hope for is certain of what you don't see. You know, if I thought Mount Whitney was like the Long Trail, I would never climb it. Because it would be 14,000 feet of scrambling and jumping over chasms. But because I know there's a level path, I might consider doing it again. I might consider going there because I know that in that case, just like spiritually, God's created for me a level path to advance on. <clears throat> so let's wrap up. Let's finish and think about how do we put this into practice? How do we really build our faith? <clears throat> now, we know that the Word of God really conveys what the Spirit is talking about. Second Corinthians, excuse me, Second Timothy 3.16. Anybody have that as a memory verse? All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for training, teaching, correcting, training, and righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All, all scripture is God-breathed. The word is, has come from God. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And we just read John 16 that the Holy Spirit is using that word to convict us and to convict everyone else of sin. And so just to, to summarize, as I think about how we, how we build our faith, how we put it into practice, you know, God has put the word in our hearts. He's made available to us. And he's made available to us to listen. He's not leading us through a feeling, unless that feeling is being driven by the connection with the Spirit. And so the Spirit convicts us of sin, but also enables us to overcome sin, allows us to change and be different. We get to make our decisions not on our own, but with the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, he leads us through the Word. He leads us to be able to, to go to places that we weren't able to go before. You know, the Holy Spirit then really equips me and gives me faith that if somebody like me, you know, who, and I know, I mean, 
you don't know what I think. We just I was joking with Dave a bit about this. We don't know what each other is thinking. You know, you might I might come across as being a really nice person, and hopefully that's true, but you just don't know what's in my heart. You know what's going on there. Only the Holy Spirit is there to really convict me, to really pull that out, to really change it. But because we know the power of the Holy Spirit, we really can have faith then that Jesus can change Peter. Jesus can change you. Jesus can change the person you're trying to share the Bible with, talk to about Jesus, because it really is the Holy Spirit that's convicting us of sin. It's really changing us. It really is supernatural. It really is amazing. It really is real, because it's the Word of God combined with the power of God really making a difference. So I encourage you to keep on looking for the Holy Spirit uh, as you seek out Jesus. Let's let's just pray right now, and then we'll, we'll have some response to pray. Father, it's uh, just encouraging to be together with, with disciples of Jesus. It's encouraging to know that you gave us your word, that you believe in us, that you've given us your spirit to really guide us, to first guide us into your word, but also to guide our lives by really helping us to connect and hear your voice. Pray that we do that every day, that you'd help us to, to have the faith that comes from seeing the Spirit work in our lives. We love you. We just are grateful for this time together right now. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen.